Well, hello, friends. Welcome to this episode of Real Truth Real Quick, where we talk about life, leadership, and the world we live in. I'm Todd. I always get to be with you. But today, I get to share with you my friend Stephanie Gray, all the way from Vancouver, Canada. Yeah, right? wee wee. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk today about a question that is uh, of no small import. It's one that is constantly in the public square. And here's the question, Steph. Should abortion be allowed in cases of rape? Mm. That was a question I was asked by a fellow passenger on an airplane <laughs> when he found mm. out about my career and my job being a pro-life speaker. Mm. And what I said to him was this. I said, I agree with you that rape is a horrible injustice. And I have to ask myself a question in light of that. Is it fair to give the death penalty to the innocent child? Mm. You know, he paused and he said, I've never thought of it that way. Mm. Now, on another occasion, I was asked that question by an audience member. When I gave that brief answer, she wasn't so convinced like mm. the passenger on the airplane. So I thought, okay, maybe I'll give a more substantial answer. And so I said to her, well, imagine this. Imagine you have someone who is, uh, has consensual sex on a Monday and then is raped by a stranger on a Tuesday. So that in a month's time when she finds out she's pregnant, she doesn't know whether the child's father is the husband or the rapist. Mm. So I said, let's say she carries on with the pregnancy, hoping it's her husband's child. And then after the baby's born, they do a paternity test. Test results come back and reveal the child's father, not her husband, mm. it's the rapist. So then I asked the student a question. I said, would we allow that woman or anyone to kill the newborn child because of the father's crime? Mm. She said, no. So then I said, okay, why would we allow someone to kill a preborn child because of the father's crime? And she said, yeah, but, and again, she wasn't convinced. And so due to time constraints and other questioners, I, I said that I would have to talk with her one-on-one -on -one because other people had questions. But at the end, sure enough, she came up to speak with me. And because none of my logic, my questions, my analogies were getting through to her, I started to wonder, could I be speaking to a victim of sexual assault? And increasingly I've found when someone is focused like a laser beam on one particular difficult case, mm -hmm. that could be because they have a connection to it. And so it's so important that we balance our response to the head with a response to the heart. Mm -hmm. And so at one point I said to her in our one-on-one -on -one conversation, I have a friend who was molested as a child. And as I helped her journey to healing, and, and I even went to a counseling session with her. I said, one thing became very clear to me that when someone's been sexually assaulted, whether they get pregnant or not, they've been traumatized by the sexual assault and an abortion's not gonna take that trauma away. And then she looked at me with a sadness on her face and she said, yeah, 10 years and counting. And I just looked at her and I said, I am so sorry for your suffering. And in that moment, the whole direction of our conversation changed. I went from the head to the heart, asking a different line of questioning. Mm -hmm. Things like, how are you doing? Things like, is the person who hurt you still in your life? You know, do you feel safe? I asked her if she'd received adequate counseling. And in that moment, I saw her change. And it wasn't that she left saying, hey, you know, you've convinced me, I'm, I'm wrong, you're right. Mm -hmm. But there was a softening of her heart, a receptivity, and I was reminded something that my friends, uh, something that my friends at Justice for All have said: when someone asks about rape, they're not asking if the baby's human; they're asking if the pro-lifer is human. Hmm. Do we care as much for the person in front of us as we rightly care? for the child in the womb. And so I think it's so important when we answer that question that we have very strong minds, that we have mm. a clear position, that we're consistent. And yet there is that sense in our being that we're very gentle and we have very tender hearts and we communicate the truth in a loving way so as to meet the person where they're at in their pain, hear their story, and hopefully through that in winning them, then eventually we'll also win the argument. 
Well, um, so when, when somebody would say, you know, uh, well, what about the woman who carrying that child for nine or 10 months is gonna be reminded every day of what happened to her, the person who didn't have consensual sex on Monday was raped on right. Tuesday, the person who was a virgin right. was raped. Right. Okay, maybe a 15-year-old, 12-year-old. Yes. Okay, so how would you respond to somebody who say, gosh, Steph, you're gonna make that little teenage girl right. carry that child to term? Yeah. What, what, what's the right response to that kind of question? I tell them about my friend Leanna. Leanna was raped growing up in Mexico City, raped at the age of 12. Mm -hmm. She was kidnapped, held for days, raped by two strangers and she got pregnant. And the doctors offered her an abortion at the age of 12, and profoundly at that age, she asked the doctor a question. She said, if I have an abortion, will it take away all the feelings I'm feeling and all the memories that I have? And so the doctor had to answer her that technically, no, the abortion wouldn't take that away. And remarkably, she said when she was asked about her story, then I didn't see the point. She said, all I knew there was a life that was inside of me, mm -hmm. and that life needed me, and she said, and I needed that life. And when she tells her story, she talks about how she was suicidal during that pregnancy, not because she was pregnant, but because she was continually triggered by the trauma of the rape. It was, it was something that you, you can't just erase the memories of. Even if you don't get pregnant, you're still gonna be remembering, particularly within the close proximity of the act itself having happened. Mm -hmm. And so my friend was tempted to commit suicide because she was in such anguish from the trauma of the rape. And you know why she didn't kill herself? Why? because she was pregnant. And she said, I realized as much as I was tempted to kill me, I didn't want to kill the child. And so when she told me her story, she looked me in the eye and she said, Stephanie, I saved my daughter's life, but she saved mine. Wow. And her daughter became her will to live, her motivation, and, and her best friend. Wow, it's beautiful. To your uh, earlier question, I mean, she almost had that sense. You asked the question earlier, do we ever uh, prosecute the child for the sins of the father? Right. Ezekiel 18 references this in Scripture, Ezekiel 33, where God says, no, each man needs to carry you know, their own burden for the choices they've made. But man, you've done an amazing job of helping us understand that, that uh, even a question we answered another real truth real quick, which is, uh, what's a compelling way to talk about the abortion topic? It gets back to, well, what, what are we looking to kill or what are we looking to remove? Mm -hmm. And if it's a cyst, sure, take it out of the body. But if it's a human life, right. as your friend shared and as you... Uh, so winsomely made the case. Thank you for answering that question. Anything else just on this topic? You know what? Yeah, it's something that comes to mind. Uh, certainly we need the, the utmost of compassion for victims of sexual assault. Mm -hmm. And we need to, to provide all the counseling and support that we can. And we need to acknowledge they have been victimized. We need to keep coming back, though, to the point that abortion is not going to unvictimize them. It's not going to unrape them. It's not going to take that trauma away. I'm reminded of another friend of mine, Nicole, she got pregnant from rape and she opted for an abortion. And she says that it was harder to heal from the abortion than the rape. Mm. Because she said, I didn't choose the rape, but I chose the abortion. Wow. And of course, we need to always remind people, as my friend Nicole will testify, that God is a loving and merciful God. Mm. And there's no denying that the victim of sexual assault is under emotional distress. And these are factors that, that could influence a choice she makes. So whatever choice we have made, God is a merciful God. And, and we can be washed clean with the blood of Christ. But if we've yet to make the wrong choice, we want to be well-equipped 
so that we can be like Leanna and make the right choice. So great. Well, listen, gang, we um, have a ministry here at Watermark that deals with uh, both men and women that have made the abortion decision. If you need forgiveness from that, whatever the story was of how you became that way, we want to minister to you. If you're not here, we'd love to help you find abortion recovery ministries where you're at. Certainly, Stephanie's done an amazing job of helping us answer the question, is the Christian, what kind of person and compassion does the Christian show to the person in front of them? Something we always ought to do. We ought to be marked by love and kindness. So thank you so much for helping us with this question. Uh, there's lots of other resources in the show notes. Stephanie gave an amazing talk at Google that answered this question, I think during the Q&A and others, which you can check out and hit the link there and look at all the other resources we have. And we'll join you next time another episode of Real Truth Real Quick.